Welcome to Hey, Remember the 80s? I'm Carrie. And I'm Joe. Please remember, we're not professional podcasters or music critics. We're just two back alley rats taking other people's cats and talking about 80s music. So give us a break. Yeah, meow. Meow, indeed. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you, Joe. Welcome to you. And welcome to any new listeners and the loyal listeners. We found some in Ferndale, Michigan, Munster, Indiana, and Medellini, Greece. Oh, what a beautiful name, Medellini. Hmm. I want to go to Greece. I know you've been to Greece. I never have. There have been a couple times in my life where I've cried over food, (laughs) and one of them was in Greece. And it was just the flaming cheese, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't take much to make me cry about food. Yeah, I love Greek food, so I can't imagine what it's like in the homeland. Oh, you know what? When I went, I didn't like feta cheese, and now I do, so. Oh, man. I want to go back. (laughs) Well, Joe, all of our Greek friends and everyone else can check out our Facebook, facebook.com slash HRT. 80s or our Twitter, which is at HRT80s. I have one tidbit I want to cover, Joe. Uh, yeah, you didn't give me a heads up, so I, I, know, I can't even speak on this, but I want to hear what you have to say about this. Well, you should have been on it, biatch, because <laughs> the new Tears for Fears album has dropped, finally. Um, they've been like releasing like songs here and there, but the whole album dropped yesterday as we're recording this, and I didn't listen to it extensively. I did one listen through, and I can't wait to listen again. It sounds like classic Tears for Fears. I was really impressed, and I had a great time listening to it. Awesome. Well, I'm going to check it out now. I saw a good write-up for it, and that made me happy. Mm -hmm. I like it because it sounds like Tears for Fears, but it doesn't sound dated. I mean, it certainly sounds like something that you could hear on the radio today. But there was one song that while I was listening to it, it has a female singer on it that reminded me so much of the songs they had with Olita Adams Adams back in the day. And I was like, who is this? And when I looked yesterday, like the Wikipedia hadn't really been fleshed out, but I looked this morning and apparently this is Karina Round and she's toured with them for the last couple tours. And so she's providing background vocals on some songs on this album. I don't know anything about her. It looks like she's just a UK singer who has recorded with different groups over the years and recorded an album with Glenn Ballard. that was released in 2007. So maybe Shades of Alanis Morissette there. I'll have to check out that album. Or Katy Perry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Katy Perry worked with him, too. Or Wilson Phillips. Any of those are (laughs) right up your alley, (laughs) Carrie, except maybe Katy Perry. (laughs) You haven't been a Katy cat for quite a while. Uh, Yeah. Um, So, yeah, if you haven't listened to the new Tears for Fears, definitely take a listen. I'm going to do that. All right. And I'm really curious as to why you really jumped over that Katy Perry thing. Did you ever like her? Oh, yeah. I used to like Katy Perry. You did? Katy Perry. I used to like Katy Perry a lot. You know, do you remember that concert film she put out? Um, What was it called? Like, Piece of Me or Part of Me? Part of Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to go see that. (gasps) In the theater? Yeah, I think, uh, I think though, actually, I went to go see it at, like, the Dollar Theater. Still counts. I wasn't, like, a huge fan of hers before that, but I came away from it thinking that I was really impressed with her. I think she's a good artist. I think she's gotten too up her own butt over the years. <laughs> I mean, she makes good music. I mean, good pop, dance music. I don't have any problem with her. 
I was obsessed for a while. It's kind of faded. Yeah. Um, I don't think I would see her Vegas show. No. And I don't think she's really kept up with, you know, as things have evolved over the years. I think she's still kind of doing the same stuff. And it's sort of like, eh, I don't think so. Yeah. All right, Joe. No tidbits from you. Well, I mean, if you got to talk about Tears for Fears, <laughs> can I talk about Ricky Lee Jones for a hot minute? Oh, my God. I guess. Maybe I won't talk about Ricky Lee Jones. Maybe I'll save it for a whole Ricky Lee Jones segment. Oh, boy. Would you like that? You can do whatever you want, Joe. I just, you know, maybe a segment would be good because then you'd get it all out of your system and we wouldn't have to piecemeal these Ricky Lee Jones. Listen, I don't want to be in the position I'm in, but I wake up every day and all I want to do is listen to Ricky Lee Jones, her second album, Pirates. I am Mm. just so obsessed and you talked about Tears for Fears and their music sounding contemporary. Yeah. When I listen to Pirates, I'm like, this could be made today. This would be like indie. It mm-hmm. just sounds, well, there's a couple like <laughs> Creole jazz songs, but oh, the other ones where it's just the piano, I think this is timeless. Okay. I'm going to listen to it today. I, I listened to her first album after the and last you time you like talked it. about it. I don't think I disliked it. It was one of those things where I kept waiting for it to like snag me and engage me, and it didn't. It was just kind of like in the background. But I will listen to Pirates today, and I will listen to it. I will give it my attention. Uh, I don't know if Pirates is a Saturday afternoon oh album. God. You Listen, tomorrow morning when you get your coffee... I'd say put it on at like 8.15 a.m. All right, Joe. Let me put it on my calendar. 8.15 a.m. tomorrow. I'll text you. All right. Well, let's get into it. And uh, last week, we teased that we were doing a supersized Just a Bit Outside segment. But with a twist, this is the segment where we cover every single to hit the Hot 100 in the 80s. But those that peaked between numbers 41 and 100. And the twist is that Joe was getting so sick of 1980, I flipped to the end of my chart book and started working backwards from the very last chart of 1989. So we have got just a bit outside singles from 1989 to discuss today. And I count a single even if it was on the chart for only one week in the 80s. And that is the case with this first song we are going to cover. Hang on, because I got to just say this is huge. Like, (laughs) if this is the last chart of 1989, Uh then essentially songs that debuted that week, I'd consider them 90s. Fine, I guess. Now it's, hey, remember the 90s as a podcast that exists. Is this a multiverse? Yes, yes, Joe. You had to explain a multiverse to me once. Did I get it right? Like somewhere there's a podcast called, hey, remember the 90s that you and I do? Yep, that's definitely a multiverse theory. Yeah. (laughs) Multiverses make my head hurt, though. (laughs) Right. But hey, don't get me wrong. I'm into it. Let's get out of 1980 cheese and... Mm -hmm. Into 1989 cheese. (laughs) Yep, exactly. First up, it is Right and Hype by Abstract. Are you saying abstract? No, I'm saying abstract. It's A-B-S-T-R-A-C apostrophe. (laughs) And the apostrophe uh, is taking the place of the last T? (laughs) I I don't see how that's a time saver. (laughs) Oh, no. This is the kind of silly stuff that was happening in the late 80s, I guess. But Abstract 
it was a trio made up of I'd argue it takes you longer <laughs> to pronounce it that way. Yeah, I'm making a whole meal out of that apostrophe. <laughs> uh, they were a trio made up of Who was? <laughs> I don't want to say it again. <laughs> They were a trio made up of Topaz Del Betis, Mary Brown, and Marsha McClurkin. <laughs> hey, what are you doing right now? Just McClurkin. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of information about the group out there. They were apparently discovered by Teddy Riley of the group Guy. We just talked about Yes, him. we were featured in our quiz last week, the wonderful quiz that Michael brought us. And Teddy Riley was basically the man who pioneered the new Jack swing sound and was working on abstract along with Guy's manager and producer, Gene Griffin. And the group was caught in the middle when Riley and Griffin's relationship fell apart Griffin was mainly responsible for the production of their one album released in 1989. Wright and Hype debuted on the Hot 100 at number 93 on December 23rd, Stayed on the chart for six weeks, peaking at 89 on January 6th, 1990. It did reach number 23 on the R&B chart. After Topaz left the group, Mary and Marsha took on the new name M&M and released one more album. Joe, this is like right up your alley. Oh, I was going to say this got me right <laughs> and hype. Did you like it? I mean, I know like it's the type of song that you like, but what about this one in particular? Was abstract, right, and hype? Uh, you know, this was one where, you know, never heard it before in my life. Never heard mm -hmm. of them. Yeah. Um, so that's crazy. But I guess they were only around for that one album. I don't know. I, I, I can't put my finger on it. And I'm sorry to let you down with a non-answer. But there's just something about the vibe and the mm -hmm. style that I really enjoyed. And it kind of yeah. took me back. Yeah, I get that. I felt the same way. Like, I was like, hmm, you know, I really wanted it to take off at some point, I guess. And the whole thing about it that kind of bothered me is that it seemed really overproduced. You know, a lot of those R&B lady groups of the early 90s, the focus was on the vocals and like very beautiful vocals and layered vocals and stuff. I could hardly hear the vocals at points like in the mix. I don't really get what this is supposed to be. I wanted it to focus on them more, showcase yeah. their voices. So it was fine. But yes, I also felt the vibe, like you're saying, this song in particular, I'm not going to put it on my playlist. Yeah. Well, Carrie, let's switch gears and check out the song Too Hot by Loverboy. Yes, that Loverboy, Carrie, they returned to the charts in 1989 for their 13th and final single to hit the Hot 100. Their last charting hit was Notorious. That one peaked at 38 in the fall of 87. And the band had actually broken up in 1988 due mainly to tensions between lead singer Mike Reno and guitarist Paul Dean. Too Hot was one of the three new tracks included on a Greatest Hits album, 
that was released in 1989 to fulfill their contractual obligations to the record label. debuted at number 90 on December 23rd, 1989, and spent five weeks in the chart. It peaked at number 84 on January 6th, 1990. The band ended up reuniting in 1997 and releasing new music, and they've toured on and off together ever since. We were supposed to see them last year at 80s in the Sand, Mm -hmm. and they bailed, so they'll be back next year. And this summer, they are doing an amphitheater tour with Ario Speedwagon and Styx. I wish we had seen them in the sands, because like, they're a band that I would like to see live in an atmosphere like that, or just happen to be somewhere where they are, but I'm never going to seek them out, you know? <laughs> I was going to say, Ario Speedwagon, Styx, and Loverboy. Sounds to me like it would be a good time. Not worth the effort to get to our local amphitheater. Exactly. If I could teleport there right (laughs) at the show start time and teleport out, I'd pay $200 for that, right? (laughs) But as it stands, you know, the driving thing, no. Yeah, you're right. There's so much drama that goes into like getting to concerts these days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But anyways, too hot. It's not too hot. Yeah. It sounds like a song you could have heard from Loverboy back in like 1984. I thought it was from that era, you know? (laughs) I thought I was listening to like an album cut because I had never heard this before. I was like double checking, triple checking to make sure it wasn't like an earlier hit that they had included on mm -hmm. the greatest hits. Who knows when they recorded it, but they had never released it before. I enjoy them. I feel like they're similar to me, like Survivor, where it's like, if you asked me, am I a Survivor fan or a Loverboy fan? I'd probably say no. Mm -hmm. But then the more songs I hear and remember and like, oh, yeah, you know, this one's good. That's how I feel about them. They do well, but what they do is just not my thing. Like, I'm I'm not into it. Right. And then I didn't know there was another song called Too Hot. And they even confused Apple Music (laughs) because I looked up the lyrics and... It said written by, you know, Mike Reno and Paul Dean, and then it was the lyrics for Cool and the Gang's Too Hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are up to Never Too Much of You by Dino, and that's the number two and the letter U. I know Prince was doing this back in the day, but this stuff, like the thing we're talking about with abstract, it's all over the place starting around now, I feel like, right? And it hasn't stopped. Yeah, I guess you're right. Hmm. We have abstract to blame. They (laughs) started all of this. Well, Dean Esposito grew up in Las Vegas and attended the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where he was the program director for his college radio station. And that led to work as a local radio and club DJ before he started his singing career. His debut single, Summer Girls, was released independently in 1987 and led to a major record label deal. He hit it big with the third single from his debut album, I Like It, peaked at 7 on the Hot 100 in summer of 89, and Never Too Much of You was the fifth single from that album.
fifth single is reserved for superstars. <laughs> and Dino, you are no superstar. Well, he wrote and produced the entire album and also plays keyboards and programmed the drums in addition to singing. Never Too Much Uh-oh. of You debuted on the Hot 100 at 96 on December 16th and peaked at 61 on January 27th of 1990. It also reached number 69 on the R&B chart. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dino released two more albums in the early 90s and had three more top 40 singles before he moved into producing and writing songs for other artists. Joe, do you remember when we were listening to the Fox Top 2500 from 1982 to 1991? We've talked yes. about that many, many times on this, mm-hmm. the FoxOldies.com, our second favorite internet radio station. <laughs> um Anyways, did this countdown of those hits, and Dino was on there so much. Every time a Dino song would come up, I'd be like, what is this? I don't remember, honestly, ever hearing You don't even remember I Like It? I guess maybe I I probably remember that song, but the name Dino means nothing to me. We had the CD. I think my brother had it. And so I heard the whole album. And it's funny that you brought up the single Summer Girls. I didn't know it was a single. I thought it was like a deep cut. And there's like, I think the song starts out and me and Val would make fun of it. We hated it so much. It goes like, Summer Girls. (laughs) And we would like say that jokingly. Even that long ago, we were like, this guy is a dope, right? Yeah, Yeah. And then we went to go see the movie Ladybugs starring Rodney Dangerfield and Jack Hay. Yes, I know what movie you speak of. And there's a scene that uses Summer Girls, and me and Val were like, oh my god, Summer Girls is in Ladybugs. That's wild. I mean, he seems like a walking punchline. He seems like someone made to be made fun of. This is fine. I didn't hate it. I wasn't like wanting to turn it off, but it also sounds like any other song you could have heard on the radio in 1989, just like not breaking new ground. I would have sworn you would have hated it. I mean, it wasn't even bad enough to make me hate it. It just was blah. It was there. Uh Uh-huh. Up next, the song Foolish Heart by Sharon Bryant. This name looked so familiar to me when I was listening to this, and now I see why. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Sharon Bryant was the former singer for Atlantic Star during the early 80s, You remember we discussed that she left before Secret Lovers and Always were big hits. Even though she left Atlantic Star in 1984, she didn't release her one and only solo album until 1989. Let Go was the second single and it peaked at number 34 on the Hot 100 and number 2 on the R&B chart. But Foolish Heart was a cover of the Steve Perry song he had taken to number 18 in 1985. Sharon's version debuted at number 90 on December 16th, and that would be its peak position. So this is the last single that peaked just a bit outside in the 80s. 
It did much better on the R&B chart, reaching number seven. And the only other info we could find out about her career is that she sang backing vocals on a song by electronic duo Empire of the Sun in 2013. I barely remember them. I know. Didn't they have some kind of weird like stage persona or something? Uh, I don't know. They were like yeah. daft punk ripoffs. Uh, they had like face paint or something. Yeah, something like that. Ugh, wasn't a fan. I'm shocked that she didn't have a bigger career. It seems like yeah. something should have really popped for her. She has a great voice. But this version of Foolish Heart, it just made me want to listen to the Steve Perry version. Like they sped it up and there's different stuff happening that's not included in the original. Like this just needs to be a straightforward ballad. I don't know why they're trying to make it into something. It's not. I loved it. Oh, okay. I love the original enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I really have grown to love it over the last few years. But an R&B cover, great. I say give me an R&B cover of every song that I love. (laughs) I want it. I'll take it. Okay. Well, we covered I Will Survive by Sapphire in episode 93. That one debuted at 90 on December 16th, 1989, and spent 11 weeks on the chart, peaking at 53 on January 27th, 1990. When did we discuss that? Did we do a freestyle show? If I'm remembering correctly, it was our goodbye to 2021, or maybe 2020. It must have been 2020 Uh, at that point. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah. But let's talk about 500 Miles by the Hooters. Our buddies, the Hooters, had last hit the top 40 in late 1986 and then had a couple deeper hits in 1987. Their fourth studio album, Zigzag, was released in October of 1989 and was a move from pop to a more folk-inspired sound. 500 Miles was the first single. A folk staple from the 60s, the song has its roots in a protest song dating all the way back to the Civil War, and the Hooters wrote additional lyrics that specifically referenced the student-led demonstrations generally known as the Tiananmen Square protests. Those had taken place in China in the spring and summer of 1989. The lyrics you just heard in those clips specifically referenced Tank Man. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know who you're talking about. Okay, has those pictures of the tank like coming down and there's a man standing in front of him. Folk legends Peter, Paul, and Mary are singing backup on the song. Mm. It debuted at 99 on December 9th and peaked at 97 the next week. This ended up being the last Hot 100 single for the Hooters, but it did make it to number 20 on the rock chart. The Hooters, 500 Miles. Joe? I didn't know that they didn't write this, so my notes, I guess they don't make any sense now, but I feel like all of their slower songs kind of sound the same. Hmm. They have the same style. No, you don't agree? No, I'm considering it. I'm thinking, hmm. I mean, I guess maybe you're right. I thought this reminded me of Dire Straits. Hmm. It sounds like a Dire Straits song to me. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I don't know. I, I guess I'm in the bag for the Hooters. I just like right. them so they much. Right, they can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah. I also thought that it kind of sounded hymn-like. Hymn-like. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But slightly toasted. <laughs> slightly toasted. 
I like it a lot. I think it's good. I knew you would, and I don't blame you. And I don't think it's bad. I will say that for sure. The Hooters are probably, someone could say the same thing about them that I said about Loverboy. Like, they do what they do very well, but it's not for everyone. So I can respect that. Moving on, we are going to talk about a song called Give Me Your Good Lovin' by Diving for Pearls. This was totally insane, just to let you know right off the bat. And I feel like diving for pearls, is that like somehow sexual in nature? I don't know. I think you just have a dirty mind. Right, I do. absolutely do. So this band took their name from the lyrics of Shipbuilding, which was a 1983 Elvis Costello song. And they were a pretty standard late 80s big hair rock band. The video got a fair amount of airplay on MTV. And here's a clip. Give Me Your Good Lovin' debuted on December 9th and peaked at number 84 on December 23rd. Although the band started work on a second album, they were dropped by their record label and never finished it. Lead singer Yul Vasquez became an actor and he appeared in many episodes of Seinfeld as, quote, Bob the Intimidating Gay Guy. You remember they stole um, Jerry's armoire or Elaine's armoire? <laughs> I do remember. As soon as I read that, I was like, Bob, the intimidating gay guy. I knew exactly who they were talking about. Was you talking to me? Because if you were not talking to him, then you were obviously talking to me. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't remember that. Okay, you know what's insane? Totally insane. I told you I started watching that Apple TV show. What's the name of it? The new one with Adam Scott? Yeah, yeah. Severance. Guess who's in it? Yul Vasquez, because I Googled him. I'm like, I know this guy, right? Oh, my god. And then I was like, oh, my God, Dave, this is the guy from Seinfeld with the armoires. And he was like, (laughs) oh, yeah. And I guess I did not read the entry well enough to see that he was the lead singer for this band. But isn't that nuts? Yeah, he was also apparently the lead singer for another band called Urgent, They had a deeper hit sometime earlier in the 80s, which we play on Charlie's. Mm. It was called Running Back. It went to number 79 in 1985. So Yul Vasquez hit with the band Urgent and then was in Diving for Pearls. And then his career really took off when he became an actor. I, You know what, though? I would say, and I've only seen the one episode, but I feel like he's got a good role. In Severance? Yeah, I could see him getting even bigger gigs than that. I could just see him on a talk show. Mm. And then they'll be like, well, you also were in this video in this band (laughs) Diving for Pearls. Was that name supposed to be sexual in nature? (laughs) Maybe he's on Twitter. You should tweet him. (laughs) Right. No, I mean, I feel like they would bring up that clip to embarrass him. I mean, it's so cheesy. And the song, no, 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 no. I didn't like it. Yeah, this is another one. This sounds like every other song you could have heard on the radio back in 1989. Something from Morant or Cinderella or Skid Row. Like, kicks. Same old, same old. Yep, kicks. And we should also mention that bassist David Weeks of this group became a lawyer and represented Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee in their lawsuit against the group that distributed their sex tape. Another also has been in the news lately. 
You said you were maybe going to watch that one. Did you decide against watching Pam and Tommy on Hulu? I decided against it based on the fact that people are like, she was not involved and this is so wrong. So I guess I can't. I don't know. You can watch whatever you want to watch. I'm not going to watch Pam and Tommy, but I can't wait to watch Severance. But you know me. You're going to wait until the last (laughs) week. The last new episode drops, then you're going to watch them all in one day. Yeah, I like to binge watch. I've become a binge watcher. I don't want to go week to week. I want to see them all at one time. Okay, we've got one more just a bit outside entry from 1989, which is Heart by Nana Cherry. The fourth single from Nana Cherry's album Raw Like Sushi, which also produced the hits Buffalo Stance and Kisses on the Wind. Heart was written by Cherry with her husband, Cameron McVeigh, who is credited as Booga Bear. Wow. And that's Nana's brother, Eagle Eye, introducing her on the song. Eagle Eye would have a big hit in the 90s with Save Tonight. Heart debuted at 94 on December 9th and peaked at 73 on January 6th. Cherry is still married to McVeigh and released her last solo album in 2018, but appeared last year on a track by the Avalanches. Joe, have we talked about that Avalanches album on this podcast that came out last year? Somehow I think we maybe briefly mentioned it, but yeah. what you want to talk about, I don't think we talked about that. The Nana Cherry song is fine. I mean, I listened to it, but it's nothing special. But there is a song on there that heavily samples Eye in the Sky by Alan Parsons Project. And I really like that song. Yeah. The song is called Interstellar Love, and it features Leon Bridges. It's really good. So check that one out if you haven't heard it. Why don't we listen to the whole album this week and then we can discuss it a little bit? I think I have listened to the whole album, but yeah, I'll listen to it again. I feel like we've talked about the avalanches, though. The avalanches are like this sample core or something like that. They just create songs out of layering samples, including like dialogue from movies and samples of music and then... I don't know. Their first album, Since I Left You, is insane. you got to listen to it if you've never heard it before. It's unlike anything you've ever heard. Anyways, I went off on a big tangent about the avalanche. Right, right, right. (laughs) Let's talk about Heart by Anna Cherry. Yes, yes. Did you know this song, Carrie? I did not. I was trying to Hmm. think. You know, I know we talked about Buffalo Stance a bunch of times, and you brought it as like one of your favorite songs. But I don't think I had the album. I definitely had Buffalo Stance, the single, but I love this one too. This is right in line with what Buffalo Stance was doing, and I really like it a lot. Yeah, I did too, and I haven't heard it other than the playlist for this week's episode. I haven't heard it in probably like 30 years, Yeah, we had the cassette, and I definitely knew this one, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. Surprised it only went to 73. I know. So I guess the only time I was hearing it was when I was playing it on my tape. I don't know how that can be. Yeah, it's so in line with what Buffalo Stance was. You know, I know Kisses in the Wind came out next, and that one was kind of a hit, too. I'm so shocked that after Kisses in the Wind, people weren't like, oh, yeah, Heart is just like 
buffaloes. I don't know buffaloes. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I know what you mean. This is where I got back alley rats taking other people's cats. Oh. <laughs> this is just an extended diss, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She's got such a great and unique voice. And that's why I was kind of disappointed on the Avalanches song. Like, it's kind of buried. I did enjoy it, though. Yeah. I, I guess I just it just made me long to hear her. Well, Joe, we have one more segment to cover today, and it is a segment we call Just a Bit Outside. <laughs> I know. We had written this entry for an episode recently and cut it for time. So we're just going to cover a Just a Bit Outside entry from 1980 this episode as well. This one is a duet by two R&B legends. The song is You Are My Heaven by Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. Flack and Hathaway were both Atlantic Records artists that had attended Howard University, although not at the same time. In 1972, the two combined their star power for a duet's album called Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway. Where Is the Love from that album topped the R&B chart and won them a Grammy, They joined up again in 1978 for one song for a Flack solo album. The Closer I Get to You also topped the R&B chart. In 1979, the two went into the studio again, intending to record a whole new album of duets. On January 13th, 1979, the two recorded back together again, and then You Are My Heaven. Hathaway had struggled with mental illness issues for many years, and producer James Umtume said Hathaway was behaving irrationally that day, and the recording session was cut short. That evening, Hathaway was found dead on the pavement below his 15th floor hotel room. He had apparently jumped from his room's balcony. Flack completed the album as a solo record, but titled it Roberta Flack featuring Donnie Hathaway. You Are My Heaven was released as the first single. It reached number eight on the R&B chart and peaked at 47 on the Hot 100 on April 12th, 1980. Back Together Again, which featured Stevie Wonder on keyboards, drums, and backing vocals, was also released as a single. It too made it to number eight on the R&B and peaked at 56 on the Hot 100 on June 14th, 1980. Two Just a Bit Outside entries for the price of one. Dang. Well, if you could make them all doubles or two furs, then maybe we'll get through 1980 <laughs> at some point in our lives. Yeah. Well, You Are My Heaven. I really like it. It's very I did too. sweet. It is. There was, I just, it made me happy. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't know anything about Donny Hathaway's history. It's very sad. So I don't know if yeah. I'll hear it in the same way again as I did before I knew all that. I didn't mention You Are My Heaven was written by Stevie Wonder. And it sounds like a Stevie Wonder song. It's mm-hmm. got that sweet, sweet melody to it. Their voices work so well together. And yeah, this is just so, I don't know, just mm-hmm. just sadness. Yeah. But at least we have the song to remember him by. Right. Well, Carrie, mm-hmm. I know that it's the end of the episode. And 
tidbits typically happens in the beginning, but I just thought of something I wanted to talk about. Okay, please. So you and I listened separately to the syndicated American Top 40 countdown for this weekend. Well, we caught half of it, right? Mm -hmm. And you were like, Joe, the first hour is going to be of interest to you. (laughs) And it's so crazy. Like, what episode was that? Five episodes ago, we talked about the songs Elvis Presley, Guitar Man. Yep. And somehow in my mind, I'm like, why do I remember that from a countdown? The same one with Riders in the Sky? Yes, yes. Who was that band? Ghost the Outlaws? Ghost Riders in the Sky. Ghost Riders in yes. the Sky. I still can't get it right. <laughs> so the countdown started and number 37 was Guitar Man. And I texted Carrie. I'm like, oh my God, am I going to hear that goddamn song <laughs> in the sky? And she was like, I don't know. And then it came on. Oh, <laughs> it was cursed. This countdown was cursed. It actually was so good, though, the countdown. It was a good countdown. And I said to you that I've definitely heard it before because I remembered the long-distance dedication that the girl makes to the Beatles. (laughs) Just Mm. silly. (laughs) Mm. I felt like they played a lot of 60s songs in this countdown. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the number one archives, and they played Beach Boys, I Get Around. Yeah. And the medley was from around that time. So I thought I was hearing the medley. Oh, and like yeah. three minutes went by. And I'm like, this medley is <laughs> way too involved when it comes to representing I get around. And Dave's like, this isn't the medley. <laughs> they do that archive way too much. I don't want to hear those 60s songs when I'm trying to hear the 80s countdown. But, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's been a good one. It's time to wrap it up. Next week, we're going to cover some more long guitar solos. Woo-woo-woo. Exciting stuff. Get your guitar picks out and get ready to shred along, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Do you want to take us out this week, Joe? Mm, Why not? I would like to say to everyone listening, thanks for listening and being kind, because I know you are, because we tell you all the time to be kind. And you're good listeners. So keep it up. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to animals and some plants. <laughs> well, I mean, not like weeds, right? Do weeds count as plants? <laughs> I, don't even I think they do. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.